Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Nia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. We were a little bit intense there last week, seven or eight episodes in a row, and now we're back to our Wednesday schedule. I may throw in a couple of Friday episodes here and there just to throw in some different content, but the interviews are happening every Wednesday. And today on the episode, we have the amazing Lex Vernon, who... I'm going to get to in one sec because you guys have to meet this girl. But this episode is going to be particularly useful to anyone who feels like they're drawn to work and they feel a little bit of guilt about that in motherhood. Or you're going through kind of a transition right now with work because she Lex really goes into her evolution of where she was to where she is now and how having a child fit into all that. So it's a really good one if if you're into any of those things, if that really resonates with you. And I'm going to tell you how I know Lex in a sec, but the reason that I'm airing this episode today, and I actually jiggered around some stuff, is because we do get into this idea of work and being pulled into work in a mo- as a mom. And it's funny because for someone who teaches a lot about balance, I feel like I'm being pulled a little right now too. So if you've been around my world for a while, you know what's going on right now. If you haven't, then welcome. And I'm going to tell you right now. But I have created, based on what I was asked from the audience, I've created what's called the Flow Planner. And it is a paper planner that puts food on the same pages as the rest of your life. And it's kind of a coming together of like everything. I went to design school, so I've always wanted to design something that was sort of this beautiful and streamlined. And then I've been doing all this work with food and I really feel like it's the best of the best and it's going to help a lot of people. So if planners are your jam, if you do use a calendar, if you feel like you've migrated to digital, but you're not thinking that it's helping, this is really actually meant to be used with someone, something like Google Calendar, if you need it to. I use it that way, or it can also stand on its own. I use Google Calendar to communicate. Anyway, we are live right now. You know how you can make a bit.ly link about something? It's like bit.ly is the beginning, and then you do the backslash flow planner, and that's how you get to it. And I'm offering it right now at a price that it will never be again. I'm just trying to verify that this is a good idea and that everybody wants it. So if you think that you're interested in it and you want it, please go check it out today um, because this is how I'm going to guarantee that you get it. You can buy them as gifts. And if you or- the sooner you order, the more likely it is that we're going to be able to get these all ready and shipped out for Christmas. If you order early, you will definitely be in that loop. And I think you're going to love it. Just go to that link. Again, it's bit.ly bit.ly slash flow planner and just come check it out. Watch the video, read all about it. It's a really, it's a, it's, they're done seasonally. So each planner is a season and it's created in a way where you really set your intentions and around your work, around your home, around your food and around what I call um, which is kind of like your spiritual quiet life. And you figure out a way to fit those things in to your busy mom life, because that is the only way that we are going to move forward and grow. And it's kind of like paint by numbers. It sort of talks you through the whole process and has a lot of prompts for food and how to you know, plan ordering food once a month so the grocery shops are easy, uh, grocery shopping's easier. You're just going to love it. So go check it out because I don't want to tell you everything here. Like you can go watch the video. We've made a whole page. Um, tell your friends about it. I'm really trying to spread my wings wide right now, which is not the most comfortable thing that I ever have done. <laughs> so tell your friends if you know anyone who you think would like it. Um, tell them about it because this really is a short, limited window 
where it's going to be available at this price point. All right, that is what I have to say about the flow planner, except that I'm really excited and we're doing pretty well. Um, it's actually on Kickstarter. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning, but we're doing pretty well. We're, hit, we're starting to hit our goals. We're starting to get traction and just go check it out. You're going to love it. All right, so let me now get back to Lex and why it's important that I just told you that story about this launch because we're going to go into sort of her evolution around work and one of the reasons that I asked Lex to be on this is she's actually been a mentor of mine in the past and I was always struck by her unique ability to stick to her boundaries. She was very clear. I was at a live event with her, very clear about, you know, which days she worked and which days she was home with her daughter, about when she was stopping for the day so she could go tuck in her daughter at night. Very clear, very clear about her self-care practices. And I just knew that we could all learn a little bit from this and, and get behind and see what she was thinking as she was doing this. And it's fascinating. I love getting behind the scenes in people's lives. And I bring this up now because as I launched this flow planner into the world, which really is about balance and did come about because for the most part, I lead a pretty balanced life, but we're all human. And what's interesting is that as I'm recording this, we've just launched and I'm realizing that I'm not walking my talk. It's, you know, been an, a day and I'm tired. I didn't sleep well last night. I didn't go do yoga today. Like I said, I would, I haven't fed myself as well as I know how to, and I'm feeling it. I can feel it in my body. And the cool thing is, is that I know that I can reset tomorrow. I know I have this sort of system to plug into that's going to help me take the next step, which I didn't always have. I have now. And, but I just wanted to be really clear that no matter what it looks like, no, you know, you're going to go look at that page and everything's going to look pretty and like I have it all polished. But the truth is we all have this moments. And here I am in the middle of putting this thing out in the world and I'm having a crazy day. Um, and I really caught myself on not drinking enough water, on not taking care of myself, not exercising, on not eating the fruits and veggies that I wanted to eat. Um, you know, and, and I'm doing too much, saying yes to my kids in different situations of staying out after school, of having a play date, when I was really being pulled to be home. In the end of it all, I dropped my phone, broke it, shattered it have a pity party about that later but I'm moving on because tomorrow I'm going to open the page I'm going to start over I know how to plug in and I know the system so I just needed to share that little vignette with you just so you can realize that I feel like this is all a practice it is a big life practice and we just keep having to show up day after day and we learn more and more from each experience that we have and I think it's really important to remember that so let's get back to Lex, who I call Lex. It's Alexia. Alexia Vernon is really the go-to expert for helping TEDx speakers, entrepreneurs, executives, and online experts, business professionals, educators, and creatives. So she helps lots of people get over their fear of public speaking and deliver what she calls their spotlight talks. She's a motivational speaker focused on heart-centered and high-impact communication, values-driven leadership, and women's empowerment. Alexia not only cultivates the voices of thought leaders, she is one, and this is very true, and she really did help this shy girl who's talking to you right now um, get on stage all year long when we were on the book tour and know what to say. So I'm very appreciative to everything that Lex has to offer. So with no further ado, let's get Lex on the show. Hello, Lex. Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today. I am very excited to be here as well. Oh, oh my gosh. So, so much to talk about. Um, I love having people on here who I, who I actually know, because, you know, sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's good friends and sometimes it's people who I'm just getting to know on the air, which is always different. So this is going to be fun. And I'm also loving talking to all these entrepreneurs because I feel like this um, series of interviewing 
entrepreneurs on work-life balance who are balancing motherhood and work and all the things in between um, has given me this opportunity to talk to such a broad range of people, which I'm loving and I think the audience is loving. So, first of all, who are you a mom to? I am a mom to a three and a half year old girl, and this might sound super strange, but I'm going to refer to her as Kay. I'm relatively precious about putting her name into the world, um, so I'm going to leave that. it at that. I love that. Well, I, um, you know, always take pictures of my kid. Like my whole, you know, brand is around food and kids, but for a very long time, and I feel like we broke this rule with the book. But online, I still pretty much keep it. It's always backs of heads and. Mm. profiles and distances <laughs> as you know I'm not good at that part <laughs> <laughs> well you know like we have to make some rules and then I you know I did the I did the initial thing for a while too and I confused myself because there's three of them I was like wait a second what's going on which child am I <laughs> exactly exactly so you balance um having a three-year-old a toddler and working an amazing company um Lex is actually the person behind any reason that I stand on a stage with any amount of confidence. So I'm very grateful to her work. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that looks like, because I feel like you have a lot of clarity around when that balance, that juggle and mm -hmm. when you're working and when you're spending time with your daughter and your husband and how that sort of ebbs and flows. And I don't know, I feel like you have a great dance going on. That's very clear. Thank you. It is clear in terms of I'm, I always know based on whatever season I'm in, this is what it looks like, but I don't want to suggest that the season I'm in now is what things looked like a year ago because it was different. And it's definitely not the way things are going to look in the next few weeks. So you're catching me at a moment when I'm a little bit scare sighted because truthfully, there's a lot of changes going on um, after a, a relatively consistent flow for a while. But the way things have looked um, and people are often surprised to hear how little I'm working, I guess, based on the perception that I am always working because I tend to be very responsive to the people who are in my community. But um, I have the most phenomenal nanny and um she is here with me 22 hours a week. So those are dedicated work hours. And my mom watches my daughter for usually about six, seven hours or so on Fridays. And at night, my daughter has her one hour of TV time. And usually you will catch me working during that. And if it's a period right before an event or I have a launch, sometimes I'll do two or three hours on a Saturday, but that's pretty much it. It's always well, not always. Lately, it has been well under 40 hours. As you know, I am contracted to write a book. And so things are going to be changing a little bit because it is not feasible for me to work the under 40 hours and write a book. Um, yeah. So that has um, meant that the way that I work with my private clients has morphed a little bit. So I, I used to be someone who wanted a lot of white space, meaning I would do two clients in a day, meaning most days I would coach. But knowing that I want more white space um, specific to writing, I want days where I don't have clients. And so now I have usually seven or eight days a month where I am seeing clients and I've got 24 clients for the year. So I know exactly who I'm coaching, which is really nice. So I'm not having a bunch of discovery calls to enroll people into things like I had a period of time for four weeks where I was doing that for the next year. Yep. Um, and then... Now I work with those folks, like I said, during those days and the rest of the time um, I'm writing my book, I'm with family, I'm doing other things. And did that practice of, because uh, I know that that month that you do enroll people is probably another season. It's like a little bit more mm -hmm. of a hustle, right? So did that... Yes. Oh, it's funny because I, I, it, it falls when I'm on a, what I call coaching sabbatical. Okay. So everybody's on a 10 month program, which means that there's two months where I'm not coaching. And actually this year it was more like two and a half months. So while it definitely takes a level of energy and rigor to have conversation after conversation, I think I wound up having not as many as one would think, maybe 25 or 30 conversations, given that seven of the people um, were with me the last year. So that, yeah. that require those calls. 
it happened, like I said, in actually three and a half weeks, I want to say. So it was great because I was doing those calls. But when I wasn't doing those calls, I was just writing my book. And actually, it felt like downtime. I'm happy yeah. to say. Well, that's cool. That's great. Um, but and did that practice, though, come out after you had a ch- after you had your daughter? Like, is that Everything something changed after I had yeah. my daughter? So when I had my daughter and I don't know if you know this, I didn't have an online business. I had a website. I diddled around on social media, but everything I did, well, 90% of what I did was face-to-face, even speaker coaching. And I had some clients that I would coach over Skype, um, but I didn't have any online training programs, um, period. Didn't have free video series, didn't do webinars. So that all came in the aftermath of realizing I built a business that I loved and that was profitable and quite unlike my current business, had literally no expenses, but it was predicated on me traveling and doing a lot of corporate training and corporate speaking. And I had this really funny vision, not to say it can't happen, but it just didn't work out for me of having my daughter travel with me everywhere I went. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Primary reason being, now we're getting so personal, um, my germophobia that I'm sure a mental health professional would diagnose as OCD, like the idea of taking a newborn on a plane when she was born in February during flu season, like that was not going to happen. And then once I got out of that, it still felt like there is no way I can be full on as a mom even with the most amazing help and be traveling with her. Like I actually took her on the first business trip I've done in a while last week and it worked, but man, was I exhausted in a way yeah. that I'm normally exhausted when I travel. Yeah. Cause you get pulled. I feel like sometimes even just four hours on an Amtrak train for me, like from Boston to New York feels like such luxurious space to get that yeah. writing done and stuff. So yeah, when kids are involved in that, it makes it a little bit That's harder. That might be helpful to share. Is So when I made the decision to go online, um, my daughter was, I want to say about four or five months old when I started working very vigorously on my first virtual course. And I joined a high-level mastermind during that period of time, which is right around when we met. Mm-hmm. I got it wrong for, God, probably 18 months. And what I mean by that is I kept underestimating how much help I needed at home, particularly given that my husband has traveled the majority of the time, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, um, while our daughter has been in the world. Yep. Um, and as a result of that, I have fought burnout. Um, and I'm somebody whose adrenals just are amazingly resilient. But like, I know that if normal people kind of hustled um, the way that I did for a while, it would have it would have not been a good situation. And it, I don't want to suggest it was a good situation for me. It was not good, but I could sustain it when I needed to. Yep. Um, but I felt like I had very, very little room for anything other than work and being a mom. Got it. And it wasn't that I was working so many hours. It was just that I kept wanting to wear as a badge of honor that I'm a stay at home mom, but I also run this online business that takes no hours. Like, and it just wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I feel like there's this weird, there is, I feel like there's this weird identity thing around whether you're a working mom and you definitely are if you go to an office, but there's this gray area when you work from home of like, which camp do you fall in on which day? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like on the day you decide not to work at the park, you can, you know, you could just be a normal mom. And then, you know, you go into your office and do this work. So that's an And you're so reminded of that when you do activities with moms and yeah. kids. So I haven't really done much of that up until this summer. Um, and, you know, to have my daughter's music teacher sort of say like, oh, you're the mom, right? Because sometimes she's there with my mom. <laughs> sometimes she's there with our nanny. But yet feeling like, but you don't understand. I work one room away from my daughter 90% of the time and all the judgment you put on yourself because you want to be present. But you also, well, not everyone is in this situation, but I have been as the primary breadwinner. It's like I I also have to make sure that I'm bringing home the quinoa. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good addition. (laughs) All right. So, so you, you, They've changed in the different seasons of your life when you work and when you don't work. But it sounds like when you do work, you're able to 
create a space where you're pretty focused on your work. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. when you're not that you're really with your daughter, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so what about all those? I mean, I know that you bring into a lot of your events, so I'm assuming it's not coming out of thin air. <laughs> what about um, your self care? Like, you know, yes. you mentioned you're part of a mastermind, which I consider part business, but part self-care. I uh, love that you frame it that way. Cause I would agree, but I don't think I've ever stated it that way. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so you're making time for growth and yoga and whatever. So where does that fit into the equation? Mm -hmm. I know that balance is not what it was before my daughter. And I don't try to delude myself thinking that that's a model that I'm going to go back to. And there was definitely a grieving period because the the probably 12 months before she was born, um, I worked like 20, 25 hours a week and I didn't have a lot of other obligations and my husband was traveling during that time. So I lived on a yoga mat. I juiced two to three times a day. I went to every community event. I served on every board and it was pretty peachy in the self-care department. And then, um, you know, things changed and my business model changed. And when you make that initial decision to go online and you're creating content, it is definitely a dramatic time suck. But for me, that the absolutes have always been must have physical activity. And if there's a few days where it drops off and sometimes it's even a few weeks, I, I don't subscribe to the, well, what did you do wrong? Like, I know what I did wrong in April. I had a big event. <laughs> so, you know, for two weeks, like the exercise was not great, but I also knew that this is a bit of a sprint. So after the sprint, then I just need to reset. Um, so for me, the components really have been exercise. I am pretty rigorous about meditating at least five out of seven days a week. And when I say meditating, <clears throat> sometimes it's lying in bed in the morning pretending I'm asleep before my daughter will come in because she thinks I'm awake. Uh, and like five minutes guided meditation, like that might be what it is. Yep. Uh, it means that I'm always reading some kind of book for pleasure. And it doesn't mean I'm bulldozing through those books. It might take me three months to make it through. But at the end of the day, if my mind is busy, I'm reading maybe five pages of something to just unhook. Yeah. It also means more than anything, though, Mia, for me at this stage, that I'm not carrying around a story in my head that I'm busy, that I don't have enough time, that I'm unhappy. I'm choosing to bring the energy to everything of I have time, I have space, this is what I have chosen, thank you, more please. Yeah, I Am love I that. absolute in that? No, but like that is my goal more than the quote stuff I'm doing yep. is who am I as I'm showing up to the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, and that, that really shows actually, that really shows in what you do. So even if you didn't feel balanced <laughs> on the day <laughs> that I got all this vibe from you, it's so clear that, you know, w how your time was protected. So that's amazing. Um, it's amazing how much of that really is in our minds, you know, and it's all about the attitude that we show up, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what that season is looking like. And Particularly when sleep is at a minimum. Um, yeah. I, I think in a former life, probably I was a sleep researcher. Like, I'm just fascinated by sleep. <laughs> As somebody who knows, she needs a lot. Got and it. I would schedule myself a lot of hours for sleep, but we're in this new stage with my little where she's waking up almost every single night in the middle of the night. Mm. And it does take me an hour to two hours to get back to sleep, which is such a friggin' bummer. So for me, my work right now is constantly reminding myself, don't get trapped in that story of A, you can't fall back asleep or B, because you don't have enough sleep, you'll be inarticulate or you'll be foggy or you'll be crabby as a mom. Not to say that some of those things won't happen, but just trying to not carry that baggage around and make what's difficult worse than it needs to be. Well, and I love sort of everything we've talked about and this idea of seasons, which is actually something I talk about quite frequently. Um, 
because I feel like very often as moms busy balancing all the things that we balance or juggle or whatever it is, um, we feel like we have to be that person in each day and sometimes maybe in each moment, but that it's like a bigger, but when you back out of that and understand that if you look at it in a longer span, expanse of time, you know, you can be more balanced. So possibly you slept a lot before you had your daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And now, you know, you're in this phase where it's not working, but I can promise you it comes back. That is definitely a phase. Yeah. Um, And then, but also just like within a year and just realizing that if something gets taken, you know, if there's two weeks that are more intense in a work area, then there can be a week that's more intense in self-care and food and mothering. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and sort of, realizing and and I feel like you do that very beautifully that that that's great because that builds the bigger picture that it's not about every day being perfect um, but that it balances over those seasons so I love that metaphor of the seasons thank you so um can we talk a little bit about how how you get to these like logistically how you realize how all this works together. So are you um, at certain points in time writing down what it is that you want to accomplish in this season? Do you have a daily practice around understanding what you need to get done so that you build boundaries around sort of that, Mm -hmm. that home and work shuffle? I wasn't intentional for a long time. I mean, I've always been somebody who I think is probably a little bit more productive than the average person. Like I've always been able to get a lot done in a little bit of time. But nonetheless, I would underestimate, particularly around launches, exactly what needed to get done. So for me, a piece of it is knowing that the first time I do something, it's going to be harder and it's going to take longer than I think. But to just really clock, and it doesn't mean like I literally have to clock every single day, but just make mental note, maybe a few notes in a journal about what it really entails so that the next pass I am more appropriate with how I'm planning. Um, And that has helped a lot. So the second time I do something, it almost always feels easy breezy. And that's how I know that, okay, I got the kinks out, like whether the profit was exactly where it wanted to be, more important to me and a barometer of my success is, was I who I wanted to be going through that journey? So in terms of how I schedule my time, I'm a reverse engineer. It's the way I work with my clients on how to create speeches. It's the way that I achieve any one of my goals. And I will do it a year in advance. So November, December, I'm thinking about 2017, for example, this year. And I'm happy to sort of take people through what my goals were. So my big goal for the year was to get a book deal. Mm -hmm. You did it. Yay. Thank you. It was to um, be able to grow my mastermind and hit a particular revenue goal, which happened. And it was also to figure out a way to get my family back closer. Was not attached to exactly how that would happen, what it would look like, and what it has meant is my husband coming full-time into my business in the next couple of weeks. And I share all of that because we're July as we're talking um, and all of those things I can check off a list. But here's the thing. When I said that those were my big intentions for the year, would it be, it would be disingenuous to suggest that I didn't have timelines attached, but I wasn't like, if I don't get my book deal by you know, September 1st, I'm a failure. It was what's, what are the pieces of that goal that I can control and scheduling the time for that to happen. So, you know, my big goal was by the time I have my live event that you were at, I would love to have secured an agent. Okay. That means I need to be reaching out to agents six weeks before that. So, you know, all of those things are what enabled me to have the agent when I wanted, and then to have submissions go out to publishers when I wanted. But, you know, the stuff with the husband, you know, it's not really appropriate to go into too much detail, but that wound up happening very quickly, not really with a ton of intentionality around it. Um, 
but just sort of all things in the universe conspired simultaneously to say to both of us, our daughter's not doing well with you traveling. My cash flow is really good. Um, let's explore this possibility. Mm, I love that. Um, so it's like this balance of pretty clear intention about a limited number of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are balanced. Those things are balanced between, you know, you had two work goals and one home goal, but you know, but at least you had home in there. <laughs> I was writing a, a letter today about how at a point this year, I wrote down everything that needed to get done and burst out into tears because I realized I wasn't even giving space for anything that wasn't work. You know, it was like four pages of work to do's. Um, so I think it's important that when we're writing down our big goals, that they involve more than just our work, or if we're a stay at home mom, they involve more than just our home. Because mm -hmm. generally, you know, we tend to go in one of those two directions. Um, so you're clear, but you and you take actions and you sort of schedule in actions toward those things but there's definitely yep. a let go of, yes. of the outcome. So those are the big things that I want to create that don't exist, if that makes sense. Yep. For the stuff that exists, like I'm going to relaunch this program, I'm much more detailed because I have to be. Mm -hmm. And that, in terms of getting stuff done, has been about delegating and hiring a virtual team. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned that you write things down as you're doing them for the first time. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you intellectually just learn from those or do you have a, is there reviewing what has happened in the past an important part of what you do as well? There's a certain level of review that happens with team immediately after the launch of something. Um, but truthfully, like I just sort of know, for example, that to write a sales funnel from the time I open the cart, let's say, until the cart closes, and I'm sorry for those of you who are not online entrepreneurs who feel like I'm talking Arabic, <laughs> uh, but like that is something the first go around, I thought, oh, I could probably do that in like two to three days. Yeah. And the truth is, is that I realized I did get it done in two or three days, but it was chock full of mistakes and issues because I did it in this burst. So that's the kind of thing where I can look back and say, okay, time-wise, it was probably about 15 to 18 hours. Mm -hmm. But next time, what does that look like if I take two weeks and I do it over the course of four to five days, smaller chunks, so that it doesn't... Um, exhaust me and I produce a better quality actually in many cases shorter emails um, but they're just punchier and more persuasive right got it um, like I know when I'm going through something like oh oh this was a bad idea this is too much time <laughs> all at once rather than allowing things to drip so right now I love being able to look at my schedule I've got my seven to eight days when I coach um most of those days, at most, I'll do one to two hours of business writing. I'll take one day a week to do a lot of the business writing and then spend some of those other afternoons when I'm not coaching, as well as at least a few full days a month just working on a book, for example. Because I know energetically that's a better use of my time, but I couldn't have told you that if I didn't have a year leading up to this of leading a mastermind where I realize I feel like I'm coaching all the time. And last year it was nine people this year. It's 24. Now, granted I'm only one week in, but I can just, when I look at my calendar, I feel um, less slippage than I did last year at this point. Got it. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So work, feels contained it's exciting it will be it's exciting to see what what that will bring your husband in will do for the work part but it's actually kind of exciting what that does for the home part so let's let's mm -hmm. go over to home for a minute so yeah. guess who's not cooking every night now <laughs> <laughs> so tell me well let's talk food for a sec so i i feel like food is somewhat important to you am i wrong it's very important okay and and you know this but not everyone who's listening does um, have a daughter who has a lot of 
Um, she has eczema, some food sensitivities, a lot of food sensitivities. So it does play a big role in terms of setting her up for her best wellness. Yeah. Um, and, but before, I mean, you alluded to the fact that before kids, you used to always, or before she was born, you used to always do a lot of green juices and, you know, all that was part of your, your, your And my thing. juicer literally came out yesterday uh, <laughs> for the first time in three years for me. My husband's actually juiced for himself and for us, but for me Interesting. doing it. Why? What happened yesterday? She asked for it, believe it oh, or not. Oh, she asked for it. Interesting. She asked for it because I do drink a lot of juice. I just buy it now. Yeah. And with the Vitamix, I have been making her smoothies. She didn't like them for a while, but she's just started to get really into them. As long yep. as they have banana in them, that's like her secret thing. It must have banana. But nice we did, too. and this is where I'm going to lose some people, but uh, my aunt is a feng shui practitioner. So we did this feng shui remedy of bathing in orange peels oh. um, for releasing family toxins and muckety stuff. Oh my God, and I so love that. it leaves you with a ton of oranges. <laughs> my daughter loves oranges. So she said, can you please juice? Um, so I pulled out the juicer to juice a lot of those oranges. Oh my gosh, that's that's cool. I almost want to know more about feng shui. Yeah, we about that. <laughs> and my aunt Elaine Wright, shameless plug, is sensational in that regard. That's cool. Um, okay, so so you when do you end your do you end your day at a certain time? You talked about working at night and yeah. stuff, but that's not the way it works right now. Or no, so every day looks a little bit different, and it's just based on hours when I have in home support. So mm-hmm. depending on the day. I don't work Wednesdays during the week other than around naps, but each day it's usually 3.34. Um, Tuesdays it's 5 o'clock, and then I'm done Mm -hmm. until TV hour, and then that hour is 7 to 8 or 7.30 to 8.30, and um, that is a time when I might be on my computer responding to emails. Sometimes I'm actually writing these days. I've learned how to really rock an hour of writing time. Mm, That's a good practice. And then I'm done. Yep. Um, so, so ninety percent of the time, I, because I'm sure there's there might be somebody listening who's like, I've gotten an email from you, Lex, at ten p.m. <laughs> before. <laughs> Don't lie. So there are moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. For all of us, definitely not the norm. Yeah, for all of us. So and so in that time, but but don't you? And you have one day where you don't work. Is that true? Yeah, Wednesdays. Wednesdays you don't work. So is, that's the day that you're with your daughter, and then is that is or is that when all household stuff happens? And but every night you're mm-hmm. pulling together. You know, you're doing dinner after you finish working, and Wednesdays you yeah. get to be with her. And, and so the when you mention household things, and this is where I cut myself a lot of slack. Yep. Uh, my home is not the cleanest home. We did have somebody who would come in and clean, and then <laughs> just being really honest. Uh, broke a lot of things in the house one visit and pretended that she didn't. And I'm a big person with trust. You can tell me anything, but just tell me the truth. And yep. so when that trust was violated, um, I don't even know how long it's been. I've not brought somebody in to fulfill that role, which is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so in terms of certain areas of the house, um, my husband actually likes to clean. It's really therapeutic for him. So he'll do certain areas. I mean, I'll do like the minimum things that need to be done. And our nanny certainly covers some of those areas, but like we've not had a good clean in a while, but like laundry is a project I do with my daughter and she loves it. So that's fun. We will do that Wednesdays or over the weekend together and she'll help me fold and put everything away. Um, In terms of the cooking, the way that we do things is almost every meal we do two nights in a row, the exact same dinner. Mm. Particularly with my husband not being here, it's just silly during the work week to, uh, well, silly in my opinion, to make something fresh every night. And because I am cooking every day, it's the only thing that gets me through. So I know the nights that I'm cooking are aligned around the days where I don't have childcare coverage as late in the day, if that makes sense. I love, I think that's so smart. I, so smart. And because I think a lot of times what happens when we, menu plan is that we do it like, outside of our schedule you know like we'll just sit down and think about what we want or open cookbooks but we're not thinking about like what that day looks like um and you know the, the fact that the day that we're doing the most complicated thing is the day that we're trying to work longer and our spouse is right. traveling and 
our child's always grumpy. I feel like we, we know the rhythms of our own selves and of our kids and, you know, what's happening on which day. And so often we And we don't do, I do right now really simple meals. So, for example, I'll give you two, and, and they repeat usually mm-hmm. each week. So right now one of my staples is salmon. And over the salmon, we just do like a coconut aminos, but basically like put the salmon in the oven and it does its thing brown rice, which pretty much does its thing, and steamed vegetables with salt and pepper. And if it's broccoli night, my daughter loves putting balsamic on it. So like it's stuff that really doesn't take a long amount of time for me. Or, you know, sweet potato that, again, as long as I get it in there early, just needs to bake with Mm -hmm. black beans. And my daughter really loves feta cheese, so we'll sprinkle that on top. You know, things that are simple. It didn't used to be that way. Like when my husband and I were sharing the cooking, we did some, and he is definitely more culinary than I am. He would do some amazing dishes that would take him an hour, an hour and a half. And when my little one was littler and she didn't want to talk to me every 10 seconds, um, I could do those kind of meals. But now it's not fun for her and it's not fun for me because she just wants to play when I'm not working. And I want to be able to play with her and even though I can enroll her in doing certain things in the kitchen, I'm not giving that girl a knife. So right, right. It, it's something that's going to involve a lot of chopping. It's just not a meal that we're doing right now. Right. And I think that that's, I, I think that also actually though corresponds, especially a toddler, like their taste buds literally are growing, right? They're not mm-hmm. fully developed. So if fruits and veggies are a goal, Mm-hmm. actually cooking like that is probably a more successful outcome um, yeah and she you know, loves cause... fortunately spices so I can put cinnamon on things or you know pepper is big with her she'll actually do some chili powder like I can give things flavor oh, in so cool. a healthy way um, without making it super complicated yeah I love that and the other thing that you said earlier that I love is... which is so oh, funny yeah, balsamic that's a good one I have a vinegar <laughs> eater you know what actually I do think that because um, your daughter has some stuff, st- tummy stuff, true? Is that mm-hmm. true? Mm-hmm. So I actually think they crave vinegar. My daughter started eating sauerkraut at a very young age, which actually ended up really helping her because it's fermented food. But she always craved vinegar. Interesting. So I, I actually yeah. think there's something And my daughter always craves kombucha. That's another one. <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. So, and the other thing you said a minute ago about laundry, I think that's an important thing. Like, I feel like sometimes we forget that because we get so wound up in the idea of all these chores that, first of all, we get wound up, which the mindset part that you've brought to it is so beautiful that you don't even like, you you know, these things don't even phase you, um, at least when you talk about them. Or at Um, least the story I'm repeating is that they don't. Exactly. the narrative ultimately changes my experience of the reality because I don't want to suggest that I'm not anxious at times. I'm not annoyed um, that I don't have my outbursts because I totally do. Yeah. Well, and but no, but I think that's. <laughs> but it keeps me lesson. in check. Yes. Yes. And the the stories are important, and the stories are kind of, and that energy is kind of what gets passed down even more than the actual thing um, to our little ones. So we can tell them stuff all day long, but they pick up on our energy. So the more mm-hmm. I feel like we can have that story, the better it is. <laughs> uh, but yes. the, the idea that, that a child can do laundry with you, you know, yours is too young to have a knife, but eventually, you know, <laughs> they can chop. <laughs> I promise someday that can happen. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing what we can do with them sort of as bonding time. Cause I think a lot of times we always think that when we're doing food and house and whatever and the things that I don't know, they're not the things I'm necessarily drawn to by nature. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I love working. <laughs> um, they, uh, they can actually be bonding experiences with human beings. And I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. So I, I love that story. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I've loved all these I've loved seeing into your life and seeing how you make it all work. Um, I feel like there's been so many good nuggets in this whole conversation. So tell people how they can um, follow you, get a hold of you, learn what you do. They can arrive in Las Vegas zip code. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Depending on the reasons why people want to connect, uh, one of the best places for anyone who's wanting to connect because they're wanting to do more speaking 
for their business Mm -hmm. is I have an open Facebook group called the Spotlight Speakers Salon. And it's nice because it's not unruly in terms of membership. There's 3,300 or something like that people in it. Obviously, not all are equally engaged, but that's where I'm constantly sharing uh, speaking opportunities, tips um, about how to get pitched, those kinds of things, answering people's questions about uh, stepping into their power as speakers. I also have a free video series. It's evergreen. It doesn't lead people directly into purchasing anything. Uh, it's called the Hotshot Speaker, mm-hmm. and it's at hotshotspeaker.com. And then across all social media platforms, uh, Alexia Vernon. Yeah. Um, and your your stuff is great for anyone wanting to speak more. Thank you. Um, so let's see. I'm just trying to think if we got through everything. I think we did. Do you have any other practices around work-life balance that I've missed out on asking you about? Mm. I feel like we covered a lot. I know we did. I always, whenever somebody asks, is there anything else? I want to say, yes, here's another thing. Um, I guess I want to go back to something you said earlier about a mastermind being a form of self-care. Is making sure that you are in relationship with other moms, even if it's virtual relationships, who have a similar deal that you do. Yeah. And that can often be hard to cultivate physically, like in your own community, particularly if you play in the online space. But being a part of some groups with moms who have children at a similar age, even though they live in different states and in one of my groups, different countries and continents, to be able to say, hey, I'm going through this. How did you handle it? And there'll be weird questions like, you know, every time I'm about to do a webinar, my daughter does blank. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. something just call your bestie who never has done a webinar. Like, but having people who are that adjacent to what you do to be able to crowdsource feedback from has been amazing. Even if yeah. these are women, in some cases, I will possibly never meet in person. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And whenever, some of the times, and sometimes they're like things you could ask your neighbor, but like you're in the moment and Facebook is closer than your friend down Mm -hmm. the street. Um, I've just seen such amazing questions and such amazing saves done in that space that I feel like that's one of the, the really powerful parts. There's some not so powerful parts of social media and groups, but (laughs) that's a powerful one. I think the the other biggie for me that I wish I had learned sooner was, especially when you have really young children, so they're not already scheduled up the wazoo with school and after school activities, is when you want to do things, building them, bringing them with you and building that in even from an early age. Now, it doesn't mean that they have to travel with you, but um, it took me a long time before if I wanted to do something socially, but I had my daughter and I had my daughter, I would used to not go. But there are a lot of things that she can go with me to, whether it's dinner with a bunch of friends. She is a phenomenal conversationalist for her age. She'll sit (laughs) at a table and she'll have a great time. Um, Lately, like one of the things I've been missing so much has been seeing plays and musicals. And so accidentally wound up having brunch on a weekend with my husband and my daughter and there was a show in the park right outside where we were and my daughter said I want to go watch it and it just opened her up to enjoying shows and now sometimes alone just the two of us sometimes on the weekends with her dad but we go see plays all of the time and like having having her integrated into our family culture for example that really regards the performing arts so that that's a thing we do has been wonderful in terms of not feeling like the only things we can do are taking her to a child museum or taking her to some kind of child-centric activity. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that is just our culture right now (laughs) has sort of swung in that child-centric direction. Um, And it's really important that we don't sacrifice ourselves to be Mm -hmm. in a child-centric direction at all times. Um, and you see that as kids get older, um, you see how that wears on people who choose to do that or don't even choose to do that, just sort of go along with the flow. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, and uh, you know, the only thing we didn't really talk about was we didn't talk about, so you like, well, we a little bit talked about that you write down 
all these oh, things that you do. <laughs> yeah, we never we never really talked about like the day and how you sort of stayed accountable during the day. And I think that involves paper for you. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I have a beautiful paper calendar that at a glance. <laughs> <joking. It's not laughs> I think I've seen that before. <laughs> I have my 2017. I carry around my 2018 now because we're already at that point of the year where I'm planning my events for 2018 and need to be carrying that around. Yep. And I don't have to write every single detail down. I mean, I write my coaching sessions, you know, I've got something at nine, something at 10, 15, something at 1130, whatever it is. But then if I've got two or three other things like work on landing page for something one hour from three to four to work on the book, like that's it. I mean, it's not complicated. I do little check marks if I get it done. And I make sure that I always schedule things to take 20 to 30% longer than I think it will. So if normally I would have scheduled myself to do something for two days, I now schedule it for three or sometimes for four. And are you doing that on a weekly, daily, monthly, like how often do you check in? Okay. So the the long-term goals, um, I might do that two or three months in advance. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff, you know, that's, I actually would say when I'm thinking about my schedule right now, and a huge piece of this is opening up my coaching to my clients, having my calendar ready a couple of months in advance so that as those sessions come in and a day gets full, I can look and say, okay, you know what? I had three things down here, but energetically I can do two. So now I need to look at time and move some stuff around. Yep. Um, Post-its, right? Post-its in the calendar so you can move them. Um, That's some, good. I just use pencils. So there's one, a lot of that, that works too. Somebody, somebody shared on one of these interviews. Um, I think it was Patty Lennon. Just that idea that you do move something because what happens, I think, to a lot of us is that we put things down, and then when we don't get them done, that starts to lead to a lot of overwhelm when they add up, and we actually don't even trust our calendar anymore. Mm. So I know that you trust your calendar. So you must always be moving things around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it it definitely, um, if something doesn't get done, it doesn't just stay there. It gets erased and it gets put somewhere. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So all so many good tips. They're going to be summed up in the post that you can find on the Plan Simple Meals site um, for Alexia. And what I want to ask you now is the question I ask everyone at the end of the, of the podcast, which is tell oh, us about... Oh, you told me you were going to do this and I forgot the question. <laughs> it's okay because everybody has a good answer and most of them are like right off their cuff. So tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you. So it could have been the food, the company, or some aha you had while at the table. Mm. This happened about a week and a half ago, and it was shortly after my daughter got her most recent blood work back, and we realized that a lot of her food sensitivities had either disappeared or gone way down. And a big food for my mom and for me has been spanakopita, which is spinach pie, and my mom is Greek. And it's got a little, the spinach part is good for my daughter. She can do a little bit of feta. But it's phyllo dough, which is usually wheat-based. And my daughter has, every time we eat it, which is probably, you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks, my daughter would say, when can I eat it? When can I eat it? And I'll never forget that I was planning to make it for myself the day we got the blood work back. And her wheat was like almost non-existent. Wow. And she asked the same question every time. Can I try spanakopita? And I said, yes, you can. And she cried. She was so excited. Oh, and it. And she ate way more spanakopita than any person should ever eat. Like she, I think she knew intuitively, like, I've been waiting for something good. Let's do this. <laughs> but it, it did break my heart a little bit in terms of um, wanting her so much to have a healthy relationship with food. Yep. And how I don't want her to, at just three years old, have all of these restrictions and all of these I can'ts. So to know that there's things we're able to start reincorporating. Oh, you know, it's not like, what can I do about this? But it was just one of those tender moments of thank God, because I don't want her to have a difficult time in any area, but you know, certainly with food. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good story. I like that. I have not had that moment yet with my daughter. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I love hearing that. All right. Well, thank you so much for showing up today. And um, Busy Mamas, I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Thanks, Lex. Thank you. Bye, everyone. All right, you guys. I hope you liked that episode. Lots of good nuggets in there. And as you know, at the end, I always pull out my three favorites. And this is based on my concept of taking on one doable change at a time. I like the idea of once a week picking out a doable change, really playing with it, fitting it into your life, fitting it into your schedule so that you can actually create a new habit. And I have a list of 101 of these that have to do with health and wellness. You can go to plansimplemeals.com slash 101 and grab your copy of that. But at the end of every episode, I share three that I get from the interview. And Lex has some good ones. Now, I'm going to share with you three, but you are going to pick one. Remember, you can jot down all three. You can come back to the next one next week. But I really recommend choosing one thing to work on this week. So the first thing that Lex shared was to write down how long things take. This is huge. It was a big lesson for me to learn. Still learn it sometimes. But a lot of us underestimate how long things take to do right. And then we get frustrated because we don't get things done on time or our schedule gets off as we scramble to finish. So try taking notes. Try tracking how long it really takes to do something. And then you can use the notes next time you're planning. So interestingly enough, in the flow planner, there is a place to track this kind of thing. You could track anything in this space, but it's called tracking. And it's this is the reason why I have it there. So just thinking like, you know, you might put that dinner, you might think that dinner is at this time, but really how long does it take to transition home, cook dinner, get everybody to the table? That's a big one where I feel like we pinch. If you're working on a project, so often we wake, we wake up and we're like slaves to these checklists that really are a month's worth of work. And somehow we think we're going to finish in a day, even though we have you know, kids running around and all these other things that we have to get done driving, let's say. So write down how long things take. This is big. Stop saying I'm busy. This is the second thing, second doable change that Lex shared. So busy can be a state of mind. If you're too busy, it may be time to take something out or it may simply be time to change your mind. If you really want to do everything you're doing, then just stop saying you're busy. Tell yourself that you have time, you have space, you choose to do what you're doing and see if just those words help you shift what's going on. And I'm just going to interrupt this doable change thing because you guys, there's like thousands of planes flying overhead for whatever reason and beeping things happening. And I apologize for that. But the first two doable changes are write down how long things take and stop saying I'm busy. And so if you were to make that a doable change, you would, you know, just write that on a note card and carry it around. And just every time you do it, you change your mind really quick. It's just like a quick reminder. Like imagine what would happen if you did that for a whole week. All right, number three, make simple meals. So meals don't have to be complicated or fancy to be healthy and tasty. I've been saying this for a long time, but sometimes it's helpful to hear it from someone else. So Lex actually shared a meal that she pulled together in this episode. So pick a few things that you can repeat again and again. And meals that don't have a lot of prep. So Alexia shared her salmon with coconut aminos, brown rice, and veggies. And it makes getting dinner on the table less stressful so that you can actually enjoy the time that you're spending at the table, which in real life is the reason that you're sitting there. Now, if you have pizza every night, that doesn't really affect it. So we're talking like healthy, simple things. But the point is, it can be simple. And simple is all relative because simple is really about what you're comfortable making, what's simple for you. So again, Lex's three doable changes, you pick one. Write down how long things take to get done. Just 
notice that, track that, so you have that is real good information. Stop saying I'm busy and make simple meals. All right, you guys, have a great day, and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.